welcome to Stranger Stopping Strangers, podcast number 40. Well, this is a milestone podcast. Uh, later this week marks the one year since the first podcast on June 1st. So a very, very special thank you to everybody involved, everybody listening, and you know, especially all 39 guests who have come and shared their stories and their music for everyone to enjoy. To mark this occasion, I changed the uh, beginning and ending Scarlet Begonias to Cornell 77. It's so beautiful, and uh, I can really see why it's being described as the Holy Grail. Well, on this week's podcast, I get to talk to somebody who was once a stranger and has become a friend. Robert, or R.A. Fadley, as he goes by, is a music journalist and critic known as Jam Bam Purist. And we met earlier this year through a friend, Kevin Long, of Grateful Music. Hey, Kevin. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. Uh, We had so much fun making this podcast and talking about all kinds of music. Um, He brought us some amazing renditions of some old favorites that I got to hear for the first time. Uh, what is now my new favorite dancing in the streets, Cornell 77 again. And uh, we end with a love light for the late and great Colonel Bruce Hampton. So really cover a lot of ground and a lot of fun doing it. On a final note, uh, the Dead & Company kicked off their 2017 tour this past Memorial Day weekend. So for everyone who's seeing shows, have the best time. I'm so excited about the shows I'm going to see starting off in Shoreline uh, next weekend. And uh, I hope to meet as many of you strangers as possible, shake some hands, and then shake some bones. So, uh, again, thanks for everybody for making this an amazing year, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Well, hello, Robert. Welcome to Stranger Stopping Strangers. Hey, Stacey. What's up? Oh, I'm so excited we're doing this. And this is kind of like a strangers who become friends that are doing strangers podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're always meeting some way. And, and now with technology, there's even more ways to meet. Absolutely. Well, we met through Kevin. A little shout out to Kevin Long of uh, Grateful Music. Hey. Um, Absolutely. Over our our love of media, you are jam bam purist and just a rising star of one of the few music critics that are still out there at the time. So, uh, so that that was our original connection. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, bring a little honesty and integrity back to our community, and you know, it's not always about sunshine and roses. That's what I'm for. Sometimes, if you if you if, <laughs> exactly, but if you go on anything talking about Stand bands, there's a lot of opinionated people out there. So you are going to siphon through the opinions and, uh, and, and editor, ed, editorialize them into into one. Absolutely, and, and actually give a real opinion that's valid instead of just calling people names. <laughs> Very good. Listen, assess the situation, pull it together, and give a true journalistic view on it, what's going down. Exactly. And if I don't like the band, then I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and if I'm impressed, then I'm impressed. Very cool. Well, now that we've kind cool. of squared yeah, away the listeners who you are and 
you know, being a music critic, uh, music, 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 music. So uh, that's that's what we're here to it's talk about. It's all about the music. I, I don't think I I would not be here today if it was not for the music. If it wasn't for the Grateful Dead, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. So it's just great to be able to talk about it with someone who loves it just as much as I do. Oh, and to all the other people out there, too. Absolutely. Well, so start me off, you know, in the beginning. Tell me a little bit about, you know, being a kid and the dead and music and, you know, kind of how, how that how it entered your life. Because, you know, you were you were a kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I grew up um, in a household with a lot of music. Uh, my, my mom was a big Pink Floyd fan. And that's really what turned me on to kind of the psychedelic music. And I also grew up with a lot of books. I'm a big reader and writer, so um, I had the Grateful Dead family album when I was growing up, and I remember being maybe nine or ten and opening up that book and being fascinated by the pictures, not only of the naked women, but just of, <laughs> in general, what was this scene about? And this, this, I thought it was heavy metal for the longest time, and so, I, and I was kind of off put by heavy metal. I still am. Um, but for the longest time, I thought, oh, this must be a really heavy band with all the skulls and stuff. But then when I grew up, my uncle kind of turned me on to what the dead was all about, JGB, and, and he gave me a tape, you know. Not, I didn't find that on Pandora. I found out through a tape, you know, a cassette tape that had been traded back and forth. And, I mean, that just it kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, they're not a hard rock band. They're, they're awesome. They're like folk, country. Yeah. They're everything. They're Americana. They... They are, and then I grew into that feeling that you know that's they're they are America's band. They are American all the way. They are America's band. They they influence so many people, and they also they influence so many people, and they're just they're just the best band ever and they're like an American canon of music absolutely well you know and as you're saying that I'm like the the, the pictures that are dancing through my head are you know U.S. blues and, and people with the U.S. blues hats and you know like just absolutely. all of that and what's so fun and so interesting to me is how you know there's this counterculture that some people could argue is anti-American when really it really is about pride of the USA and, and being American I'm yeah and being patriotic yeah, no. And being free and being and being able to express your views. I mean, I mean, there's it's about freedom. I, and I think America is all about freedom still today. And let's you know, let's keep it that way. And then it's a great way to spread the, the love of the community is freedom. No, I totally agree. And it's just liberty. Like- Liberty. No, I mean, I was listening to, uh, what was I listening to the other day? You know, Crimson, White, and Indigo, you know, I mean, from, you know, early days to end days, you know, it was just, it was always about liberty and freedom and, and people yeah. and our country and the love of the country. And, and I feel like, again, when people don't know anything about, you know, them dirty hippies and all that shit, you know, like they, they, they would think <laughs> yeah. something otherwise. And, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, uh, and yeah, it speaks. It speaks to everything, you know. Um, Absolutely, and 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 not being able to see Jerry for me, um, I didn't get to see him, so I can't comment on that. And it, it puts a burden on one's back <laughs> when you're in this scene, and and you know you get into the music, and you know that you're never going to be able to see, you're never going to see the full potential of the band, and and it's and you're always going to be striving for something, um, striving to find your own way. And that's kind of how I came in um, with the Almond Brothers, and I got my first show in uh, 2005. I was 18, and I got to see the Almond Brothers, and it just opened up my whole world, you know, 
to more music, not only the Grateful Dead, but all the jam music. And I mean, Derek Trucks, Warren Haynes, they blew me away. Yeah, you were off to the races. <laughs> yeah, and then I and then. So where there, did you I see them? Uh, what was the venue? I, I saw them in Charlottesville Pavilion in 2005 with mm-hmm. uh, my good buddy Shab. He took me to my first show, and I was like, I looked over at him and I said, you know, why well, haven't I been doing this? You know, what, what have I been doing with my life? And from then, I think the, I met like around 286 shows wow. and 12, 13 festivals. Wow. Um, in the, you know, in that, in the, I guess it's 12 years wow. now. Wow. Unbelievable. That's yeah, so cool. I've been going, going pretty hard um, with, uh, and then I found Mo after Almond Brothers and Mo really, I've seen them, you know, almost 50 times and, and uh, widespread panic. I've seen them 66 times, and and fish. I've seen them 26 times. So I like to keep count. I guess I use fans.com to like keep count because it's a great place to like keep your shows. And I'm on there, Jam Band Purist. So right on. I will have to find you over there. You know, I just joined fans.com, and I don't have any friends over there. I think I have three. So. <laughs> well, then there you go. All there right. we go. Now I have four. Absolutely. No, that's. Yep. A- that's a and we can cool app. compare shows. Absolutely, no, it's a cool. I, I it's a cool website, cool interactive thing that um, I I'm uh, looking forward to utilizing in the future. But didn't uh, yeah, just just kind of just jump onto it right now, and uh, so I will look for. Awesome, you. start logging your shows and. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I guess I, I'm a stats nerd. Oh no, no! I never I thought I'd great. be a stats nerd. Well, you know, again, it's there's something to say for you know being able to like look back and and you know, see it all. And it gives, I don't know, like I, I just recently through work, I have to take a lot of pictures of what I do for work. And I had just found an old uh-huh. disc of pictures. There was like a thousand pictures on them. And they were, I don't know, seven years ago to five years ago. That's my time, those two years. And as we went through these pictures and I saw like all these pictures I took for work for two years, it's so validating in a strange way, you know, when you actually mm-hmm. stop sure. and look at it. It's exhausting. Like I'm and doing something. Yeah, like I was just tired after looking at all the pictures, you know. I was just like, holy fuck, I went yeah. to a lot of places, you know. Yeah, for- I collect uh, ticket stubs and I do the posters now. I have over 100 posters. It's getting ridiculous, but you know, maybe a fanatic too much. But, no, but I think you got to You know, it's, it's all about the memories it's all about the memories and i can go back and and, and look on my wall and just, i remember that you know i, I kind of remember that well i remember that <laughs> you know you cannot have then, enough you know. shit I, you cannot have enough memorabilia <laughs> i know mean, i truly believe this somebody exactly. who's like you know a, a, a just a tad older um i have a few things left from you know the late 80s and early 90s and i mean they are just so meaningful to me that the handful of things that i do have so i mean i yeah i keep everything yeah. i'm keeping everything now because you you never think you know you can always throw it away later you know it's, it's you can always right. give it away <laughs> sell it throw it away whatever you know down the road but and i'm know, never going to do that no it's that's sacrilege i would never do that. <laughs> they are intangible those posters and ticket stubs and memories and you know little weird stuff and it all started with grateful dead it, and it really did i mean this whole the whole scene really be- begins with the Grateful Dead. Um, it, it begins with um, they had the poster scene. They had you know the the coolest posters that would attract the you know the acid test poster. I mean all kinds of just awesome artwork, and that really uh, carries over to today with widespread panic posters and fish posters. And I mean the poster scene comes from the Grateful Dead. Um, the memorabilia itself almost 
like an Americana thing, you know, with the Grateful Dead. It's it all comes from from the Grateful Dead. Yeah, no, I agree. Dupree's Diamond Blues, Terrapin Flyer. I was at a show uh, a couple of months ago, and somebody stuck a little like uh, produce sticker on me, you know, and I had <laughs> I hadn't had a produce sticker put on me in so long, and I was like, oh my god, I remember that was like ripe or juicy. Maybe you know, like the little red sticker, or yellow <laughs> sticker that says, you know, like nothing like having like you know juicy stuck on your ass by somebody, and you're walking through a parking lot, you know. But it's fun, right? Where else do you go? To people do that kind of stuff you know it's one of a kind really yeah it's a, there's a lot the lot scene itself within the grateful dead i mean i mean i've probably never even seen what it, what it used to be but you know it, it's carried over and it's crazy that you don't see that and you don't see the community like you do in the jam scene anywhere else um you know, you go to justin Bieber's show and I have a lot seen. I don't. I mean, I've never been, but I'm assuming there's not going to be a lot seen. Like no, the, maybe a little tailgating. Coming together. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little, a little tailgating. <laughs> exactly. You know, like a little barbecue, a people getting fucked up or whatever. But no, not, not a community <laughs> scene. More of a I've got my pint, you know, in my truck kind of scene. Right? I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have never idea. I've never been there either. No, no interest at all. Never. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Well, so speaking Agreed. about the Grateful Dead, so we want to start off with a Grateful Dead song because we're going to have some music. Now, a song that we originally picked, I did not hunt down, and shame on me because I, I probably do have it somewhere and just didn't have the wherewithal to hunt it down. Um, and that was from, That's okay. It's also 23 minutes long, and <laughs> that makes your podcast a little long. But uh, I, know, I know everyone should know it. So, uh, so tell us a little about the the first pick that uh, that we didn't go, and then because there's so many awesome songs, it was very easy to make a second pick. Yeah, I mean that was absolutely 100 percent one of my favorite jams. Is the other one from 1969, Fillmore. Uh, you, if you don't have it, go listen to it. I'm sure you have. It's it's the epitome of improvisation within what the Grateful Dead could do. Maybe you know in the early early years when they were really I guess they were really taking acid and doing LSD, and I mean, I mean, they were really expanding the consciousness not, not only themselves but like the music, and it, you can see it, you can hear it, and you can just feel it. You can feel it when you listen to that vibe. That I mean, Jerry is doing stuff that I've never heard anyone do. So check it out if you haven't already. I'm sure you have because it's a classic. I have listened, but I have not downloaded. It's stream only. And as we talked about, I, I really do need to work on more of a brick-and-mortar collection. But um, on the fly so much, I've become so – I've just become so reliant Spotify. on the music. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Spotify is really easy. <laughs> I love it's my really Spotify. Easy. Well, so our next pick, <laughs> the next pick is something that, I mean, talk about brick and mortar and people just digging. I mean, I think it was all I saw on social media for like three days a couple of weeks ago. So tell us about what we what we settled on. Oh, yeah. It was Dancing in the Street. Yeah. Cornell, 77. On um, this, for me, I mean, I think it was on other recordings. So, I've, I mean, I've grown up with this song, really. Uh, their breakdown, the breakdown, you'll hear it. The breakdown... Uh, is just phenomenal, and I really think that that's transferred over to the new jam bands like Mo, Fish, um, a lot, of, uh, a lot of these widespread even, um, but the, a lot of these bands take that sound almost from '77. That that change, I can't really do it until I hear it, but it's you'll hear it. it's a it's an amazing change right at the end that really just blows me away. It's only like maybe 
45 seconds, but it's just, dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. It just really gets me, man. It gets my blood pumping, and it makes it all worthwhile. It makes it all worthwhile. Well, I am ready to put it on. Let's get our blood pumping. Let's all right, start dancing do it. in the streets, everyone. Woohoo! Right. So we are going to go to the famous, the uh, the holy grail of Grateful Dead recordings, now rebuffed, re-released, and received by all of the deadheads recently, and that is May 8th, 1977, from Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, Dancing in the Streets. Enjoy.
I mean, it gets me every time, every time, every time, every time I listen to it. So we are back, listeners. We are singing Dancing in the Streets to ourselves. There you go, Robert. Sing it. Yes. That change, you can hear it in all kinds of music from in the jam community. Just listen, and you can hear that. I will. I will. I uh, I will. No, I totally will. I mean, I'm learning every day. I mean, and you know that. I mean, you know, I took a, a 20 year yeah. hiatus off the music scene. So, I mean, I, you know, I, there's I, been a lot of music, Stacy. I know. I know. It's like I'm know. trying to turn you on as much as I can. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, that that fucking job and two kids, you know, I mean, it just oh, I hear you. gets in the way of all of that good music to go see. But that's OK. Just use your Spotify. Yeah. What, piece by piece. I do have to go see Fish live at some point. Let's talk about Fish. That was on a I want to yes, talk a little bit about, about the other jam band. The, scene. How about the Baker's Dozen? I mean, I don't, the Baker's Dozen coming up. I, 13 nights in the, at Madison Square Garden. You got to go. Yeah. I'll be up there for at least three nights. Yeah, I really do need to see them live because from what I understand, and again, you tell me and any of the listeners who are listening right now who are here for the dead community and just, you know, I mean, the fish, it's not something that I'm, I'm against. It's just not something I get. So, you know, talk a little bit right. about that. Well, as a jam band purist, as a jam band purist, as my music critic self, I would say that at fish is at the top of their, their game. They're awesome. Go see them while you can. They're a band to see. You know, there's no replacements in this band. There's this is the core four, and that's it. You know, and you're getting it. And they really they put you through the ringer. Um, I, I've seen 26 shows, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more, really. And I, I would I would travel the world if they toured in Europe. I'd probably go to Europe and and check out fish. They're that good. I mean, and this is from my opinion. And but uh, my favorite still widespread panic because I'm a Southern boy at heart and. Yeah, I go see them at Red Rocks every year, oh, wow. and I'll be going out this year again for three nights. Um, that is the best place to see a concert ever. Uh, it's so beautiful and gorgeous, megalithic rocks on each side, and and if you don't, I mean the the Dead played there. I mean, Fish has played there. Westford Panic has the uh, most sold out shows at Red Rocks. Really. I have never seen Widespread Panic. I absolutely plan to see Widespread Panic sooner than later. But I have been to Red Rocks. Oh, I have yeah. to say, I did go to Red Rocks once. Yeah. But it was, um, it was like it was like a work meeting, so it wasn't, yeah, like it wasn't the same as when you go to Red Rocks. <laughs> but I can oh, visualize the music place. at Red Rocks. <laughs> no, I mean the place was phenomenal, but the experience. It's still gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, the place. But there's something about seeing, seeing. A show there, the energy is palpable. It's it's a Native American spiritual place, and you can just the, the energy in that place is yeah, is phenomenal, and and the sound is like no other. Once you get down into the pit, in between the rocks, it is the best sound I've ever heard. An outdoor venue ever. It's, wow. No, it's I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. So tell me, so widespread panic. So we we picked a song that we're going to play, but you know, tell me a oh, little absolutely. bit a bit more about you know again you, there. So this is a, this is going to well, be a good uh, cover, but a little bit more about their origins and and you know where you find yeah. the influences are. So they're they're a band that that originated in Georgia. Not all of them are from Georgia. Uh, actually, I'm from Virginia. So shout out to Dave Schools, who, who's from Richmond, um, the bass player Dave Schools, and Dave. Jimmy Herring. Yeah, and Jimmy Herring um, has joined the band because unfortunately. 
uh, one of the members, the lead guitarist of Widespread Panic, passed away, uh, Michael Hauser. But they replaced him with, I would say, the best choice and one of the best guitarists I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, Jimmy Herring, if you haven't seen him or haven't heard of him, go look him up. My gosh, the man can play. I mean, he he knows so many scales, he's a reptile. Wow. I mean, he he makes up his own he makes up his own experience with them. So uh, when they brought Widespread in and I saw them with uh, Jimmy, I was, I was blown away. And that was the first band I said, I could tour with this band. You know, I could actually tour with them. And uh, I've probably hit, I've never really done a full tour, but I've definitely done like a half tour. And it's, it's always a phenomenal experience. And there really is a community within yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. Like, yeah. so the community within the community. So, like, when you're there, yeah. seeing them, I mean, is there's there's a shared energy between between the crowd and the play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's you know where everyone is just really in, locked, engaged, and you can't really tell where one stops and one starts. Because to me, that's the hallmark of of the dead, yeah. you know. And so, um, so that you know that's that, that takes that experience, and then they and they amp it up a little bit. Even now. they're a southern gothic band, um, so it's a little different. Uh, that's a really weird definition for a band. That's what they want to be called, and I appreciate that. It's, an in- it's very interesting. Um, but the way they do their jams is very reminiscent of the Grateful Dead, and you know they they grew up staples, playing staples of the Grateful Dead. I mean, there's I have a whole album of Dead covers from them in the '80s. Wow. You know, <laughs> uh, so you know it's it's definitely a part of the scene, and, and there's a love for it there, and. Um, Grateful Dead fans love widespread panic in the South, especially. I mean, it's it's hand in hand. It really it really is hand in hand. You see that up north with Fish a lot more. And there's a kind of this rift between widespread panic fans and Fish fans. And you know what? They're both really great fans, and <laughs> I love both of them. Well, let's go play it. I'm going to play it. I am going to play Cream Puff War. Yeah. So I downloaded Cream Puff awesome. War. And uh, and and we're gonna go and hear it. So um, so I'm excited to uh, to to you know get to know this music. And I mean I've said on this podcast before. I mean it's it's such an honor for me to get to talk to people and to get my repertoire expanded by you know other people, whether versions or you yeah, know. Yeah, there's, there's there's this this is one of the uh, the bands that came after the generation after the Grateful Dead that really carried this this movement forward and there's a lot more going on right now but so this this they've been around for 30 years you know they've been killing it and just get ready for jb's oh his voice oh he just sings this weird cat calling voice it's something you kind of got to get used to but you know i love it jb raps man he's the man all right well let's go on and listen to that and then we will be back with a, a couple more picks all right
listening to Widespread Hannock, and uh, there's just so many topics to cover, you know, and we can talk as long as we want, because I have been finding on these podcasts that that time doesn't matter. I've talked about this a little bit over the last couple months, and I was, like, really worried about keeping it to, like, an hour, hour, 15 minutes, but um, people seem to be... I've got all day to talk about the Grateful Dead. (laughs) Well, guys, you're in for all day, and not just the Grateful Dead, all the influences. Yeah, all of the different branches that come off the tree, right? It's just, it's a trunk. Oh, so many. Yeah, the Grateful Dead is really the the backbone of my musical taste and my belonging to to a group, and I felt like I I really belonged in, in... the group and I felt the music was, you know, just for me. And I felt that way for a long time. Um, and I went to, uh, fairly well, fairly well. And I didn't do, I didn't do the fair. I didn't do the fairly well actually. And I went to dear Jerry. Yeah. So tell me and, a little bit about yeah, that. I don't know anything about this. So, so tell me about this. Okay. So I tried to get tickets for fairly well. And I, <laughs> With, and that was with Trey playing. That was like an ultimate dream. Like, oh man, Trey playing with the members, all the members of the Dead. Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. So I tried to get tickets, and I unfortunately couldn't get them. So I kind of got not maybe angry, but just like, oh well, whatever. I just go, I'll go do something else. You know what I mean? I really missed out, and I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it. But uh, instead, they announced Dear Jerry, and that was on the East Coast, and it was like all the members were there, and they had like. 40 bands, 30 bands playing. I mean, Widespread was there. Railroad Earth, uh, Disco Biscuits. Um, I mean, there's people from the bluegrass community. It was just everybody got together to celebrate the life of Jerry. And uh, previously, I had went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to mm-hmm. see the uh, Grateful Dead exhibit. Um, so I, I traveled all the way to Cleveland and did the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. And it was uh, an amazing experience, a side side experience. It was uh, I got to see the handwritten, um, handwritten lyrics to like Box of Rain wow. and all the handwritten lyrics. And I mean, I almost, I mean, I really cried. Honestly, I just I, I kind of cried right there. You know, because wow. what do you do when you see when you see Jerry's guitars and all that, and you see all the other music memorabilia, you see you know everything, you see everyone's stuff. But really, it was the it was only they were only doing it for I think it was a couple months or something like that. So I had to go see it, and yeah, I, I, like I said, I ended up crying there. But you know, uh, dear Jerry, I really figured figured it all out, and I was like, it's all about Jerry, you know, it's 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 all about Jerry, and I'll, I'll never be able to experience that. Um, so I kind of got disillusioned with the scene a little bit, you know, and I I kind of didn't know what to do because um, I I kind of felt. I kind of felt like I'd never get the experience, the full dead experience, even though I've had it with other bands and stuff. So, so it didn't become. I wouldn't say I didn't listen to the dead or anything. They always, I'm always listening to them, but I didn't pursue seeing them live or seeing any of the members live unless I was at a festival or something. And uh, that's when I really found Frank Zappa, and he was like my saving grace. You know, it was like it was like a a dam broke and flooded and all the the music that in my life either sank to the bottom or or, or went to the top oh. and you know thank god the dead the dead flooded to the top but it, <laughs> frank zappa really changed it really yeah uh frank zappa really changed the way i view music and the way i look at music and it's so opposite of what the grateful dead brings it's 
it's so different. Um, but I love it in, in so many ways. You know, you listen to uh, What's There to Live For, Who Needs the Peace Corps, and all that, that song, you know, it talks about the disillusionment with that scene in the 1960s, you know, and how, and it's just, it was really interesting. And, and that's what, it drew me into that. And then, so I tried to figure out from, from Frank's perspective about other music. And, and I mean, obviously that are just great musicians. They're awesome. Uh, Frank might've been like an alien or something. I have no idea, but, uh, his music really stuck with me. And, um, so now, you know, the, I love Frank Zappa, the Grateful Dead. I, I listen to all that stuff and it, it all comes basically from the sixties, Almond Brothers. It, it all has a different connection and it all connects to each other, you know? And, you know, uh, there was a story in Phil Lesh's book about how they were, the Grateful Dead were playing downstairs and Frank Zappa was playing upstairs and they went down there and were like blown away by his music. But some of the band members and Frank's side went and hung out with the dead and they got in trouble because Frank was like, oh, no drugs or nothing like that. Don't hang out with those hippies. You know, it's just funny. I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh, it is all funny because it's all supposed to be fun and people just take themselves too seriously, you know? And I don't, I don't really feel like it's something you should take yourself that seriously on. You know, one thing I have to say, though, in talking about Frank Zappa and in, in the conversation a little bit earlier is um, I was listening to him recently, and I feel like he was probably a very strong influence for Fish, right? I mean, because it is oh, more, more outrageous, more playful, less – I mean, when I think well, about the They play lyrics, Peaches and Regalia. Huh? They cover peaches. They cover peaches in regalia. Yeah, so I, I get cover it. Frank song. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. I get the Frank Zappa from them. You know, I mean, I get that. Yeah. Like outrageous, fun, meaningful, but in such a you know, in an obscure way that you really have to find the meaning. You know, whereas opposed to you really have dead. to search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 the, the, the Grateful Dead is way more accessible. Um, the Grateful Dead is, is, is a lot more accessible, to, especially their albums and stuff. But I mean, you listen to some of their live stuff, my gosh, they can put you in a weird place. Or, I mean, they can do some jazz stuff that, I mean, that Frank's band couldn't even do. Just some psychedelic, crazy shit. Yeah, and just the lyrics, too. I mean, because to me, you know, The Grateful Dead, is it's, it, there's, there's so many different components to it. And one of them is the music, one of them is the scene and the people and the energy. And another huge one, like you said, you cried when you saw, you know, the lyrics for Boxer Rain. I mean, the, the, the yeah. lyrics... My Bible great. is the Grateful Dead lyrics annotated me by... Me too! Uh, oh my God, that, me too! I have by it by David Dodd. I mean, that's like my Bible. Me too! <laughs> I have it in my basement. Like, before I do anything, before I think of, you know, before I send out anything on social media or just if I'm thinking about something or if something comes to mind, I'll go back and I'll, re, you know, resource it and just look at the lyrics and make you know what I mean, and just read it, and then read the stories and the backstory, and it's just—I mean, it is that I just love that book. That was the first hardcover book yeah, great. I bought in years and years. I bought the digital <laughs> one because I buy everything digitally, just like I listen to shit digitally. And I bought uh -huh. the digital one, and then as soon as it appeared, like thirty seconds later on my Kindle, I was like, "Fuck this! I need the I need, I need awesome. the real yeah. one." Yeah, no, like I'm I'm stoked out. Yeah, it's amazing. Too, but you that you have to like have that and like flip through it and look at it and you know the picture. Yeah, and, and as a writer like that's that was just <laughs> that was one of the reasons I play music as well I'm working on my album but uh it's it's totally it, my lyrics are totally influenced by the Grateful Dead and like my just my experience and in life I feel like those songs just speak to everyone if they just take the time to listen Absolutely. they speak to me like there's a moment in every 
in, in my life that is like there's a song for every, a Grateful Dead song for everything, you know. Oh, there is. There's a song for everything. There's a lyric for everything. There's a moment for everything. I mean, and they and what's so neat is just the you know the changing over the years. You know, what meant something to but meant one thing to me, you know, three years ago or five years ago means something totally different based on your perspective of life because of what's happened in your life. You know, like. Um, right. I mean, I'm like things like Uncle John's band. I mean, that's a great one. I mean, I had yeah. an Uncle John's band. Like Broke Down Palace. I can't even listen to Broke Down Palace anymore. It just makes me think of my ex girlfriend. You know? Yeah. Well, like, oh, there you go. It's so heart wrenching. You know, yeah. wish you were here. And and that song. Yeah, there's like two songs I did. <laughs> yeah. It's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. But it changes. Stuff. Yeah. So, and and that's the canon of American music that Americana that they really that they really brought. Um, the Grateful Dead really just they influenced so many different bands, you know, so many different genres of music as well, you know. Well, you brought a little bluegrass to the table, too, on that note. So, I mean, we talked a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Railroad Earth. Um, They were at Dear Jerry, um, and they were supposed to play this song, but unfortunately they got cut, and they they weren't able to play Terrapin Station, and it was, and they're one of my favorite bands. They are amazing. They blow me away every time their their ups and downs their crescendos their i mean they blossom and bloom and they're one of the best progressive bluegrass bands i've ever seen in my life and they take influence from the grateful dead like everybody else <laughs> well let's go here because i have heard this that again you're bringing me some new shit never heard this before and um right. and i'm guessing you know probably yeah, maybe half of the listeners. I'm not really sure. You know, I may I, I don't really know the my full demographic. I hope out more here, than that. But <laughs> I think it's going to be new for a lot of us. So we're going to play uh, Railroad Earth Terrapin Station, and um, I mean, yeah, Terrapin. Uh, every Tuesday, I start my day not only tweeting about Terrapin, but as soon as I send out my little tweet or my little Instagram, I then have to listen to it. You know, it's like. I heard it, and now, like, I wrote about it, and then I'll be, like, humming it while I get in the shower, and then I'll pick out, like, which one I get. Well, what's your, to. who's your favorite character in Terrapin? That's always the question. My favorite? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I... I really like the, the soldier. The soldier. The, the, the soldier. I... Being much too wise. <laughs> yeah. Strategy was a strike, not disaster. I don't know. Yeah. I... I... I mean, I don't know. My favorite line is inspiration moved me brightly. At that point, that next little sequence after that. Inspiration moved me brightly, yeah. Like the song with sense and color, hold away despair. That that whole bit. But that's not really a character, right? I mean, that's more the unfolding of what happens amongst the characters, right? Absolutely. The outcome of the story. The storytellers are good, obviously. Yeah. No, I, I have a... I, uh, you know, I, you've heard me talk about this, and anyone who's listened to heard me talk about this almost every time is making my children listen to it. But uh, I also make my kids' friends listen to the Grateful Dead when I'm picking them up and dropping them off. <laughs> Good for and, you. And, you have to, you have to do that sometimes. Julia's crazy mom. So she has this one little friend that I always play music for. We've kind of narrowed down what she likes and what she doesn't like. And she liked Terrapin. I picked her up last week, and then I had been showing her pictures because I mean, to your point about this poster art and everything too, like. Yeah. If you can show somebody just those mythical, like the pictures, the the, the characters. Yeah, it adds a layer. It adds a layer of of everything. Yeah. Everything. There's yeah. layers. There's so many layers to the Grateful Dead and to the jam scene. That, you know, there's like you said, there's artwork, music, the lyrics, 
the scene, you know, everything that surrounds it. It's just another layer to, to peel back and check out. Yeah, and I would just think from, from the perspective of a seven-year-old little girl hearing that song, seeing like those, you know, again, the, the, the pictures that people are drawn by with the inspiration from Terrapin helps really, um, would help give her a visual of what she's listening to, you know? like They, well, they should make either movies with Grateful Dead songs, like the lyrics, they could make a whole movie based off, you know, Uncle, uh, me and my uncle. They could make a whole, you know, movie about that. They could do uh, children's books on some of these songs even. I mean, there's so many there's so many layers that could be added to the Grateful Dead canon to the community, and they are being, as and, you know, as we grow, they, they keep getting added on. Amen, brother. Amen. I agree. Yeah. 120%. All right, well, let's go hear it, and then we're going to come back because we got a couple more topics and one more song. So we are going to go listen All right. to Railroad Earth play Terrapin, and uh, then we'll be back.
suddenly flies open And the girl is standing there As a light with flowing hair She's all that fancy paints is fair She takes her pen and throws it in the lion's den Which of you, the game me tell Will risk uncertain pain to hell I will not forgive you If you will not take the chance
from Terrapin. You know, a little different different turn on it, but you know, still Absolutely. all of the same story, uh, all the same characters, and um, it, it, it's just so awesome getting to hear you know different interpretations. I just love, 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 and there's so much coming out. I mean, again, you know so much more yeah, about absolutely. this because you are, you know, you are the jam vampirist on the scene. So, I mean, what, what, what are some of the standouts to you? Like, I know you saw a show last night, and you're going to some festivals. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on with that. Well, yeah. So when I got disillusioned with the whole scene, um, I kind of was just getting bored at going to shows. To be honest, I've been to you know so many shows. I was like trying to find a new angle or find, trying to find out how I can fit, uh, you know, I've spending, I spent over $30,000 on, on concerts. You know, I mean, I know I have, it's, it's, it's incredible, but it is worth it. And I love it. And it, but I was looking for a new angle, something to make it more interesting, more fun and, and give me a new, uh, aspect on it. And so music journalism came to my life. I graduated from James Madison University um, here in Virginia, and I have a music journalism degree, and I'm trying to use it. So I've been doing it for about 10 months right now, and really I've been just trying to stay busy, and I've been to uh, a lot of concerts and festivals. And uh, my favorite is Lockin, obviously. It's my favorite right now, um, Lockin Music Festival. If you haven't heard about it, um, you need to check that out. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm hoping to make it down this year. I am. I went to a, that. Um, yes. I went to a, a live music professional conference last uh, week uh, for Relics Magazine, and ah, they, you know, put on. You're so lucky. Well, I'll, I'll be there. You need to go next year. A little shout out to the Relics Magazine live music conference. It was really oh, cool, yeah. and and it's such a cool community that you can just decide that you're a live music professional without any credentials yeah. whatsoever, <laughs> except for just the idea that I bought a ticket and showed up, and you know. I I mean, I'm I'm yeah. here, you know. Like, let's let's you know, bring it on. I want to. Well, you're wanna... part of the thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, self-appointed. Yeah, and that's the goal of you know to get in the Relics magazine. You know, that's the you know that is the it used to be uh, the dead dead Relics magazine. It used to be all about the Grateful Dead. You know, and as the as the scene expanded, so did the magazine, and it's about all types of music now. And that's that's like <laughs> excuse my language, but for, you know, fuck the Rolling Stone magazine relics is where it's at (laughs) yeah no i mean i we were we had such a good time and we we were so fortunate we had like a a really cool little run in at the end with uh peter shapiro walking outside uh just super (laughs) random yeah it was very cool i mean he was he was he was so gracious and lovely and we met um the keynote speaker was ron delsner who i wasn't that familiar with being a west coast girl but i mean the man concert promoter right on the east coast like it was uh i mean the guy was amazing and so him and Peter were the last speakers, and so we got it. We we had some just some kind of like happenstances, um, you know, around the corner outside afterwards. So you know, sometimes you are in the the right place at the right time, and um, they right. they just couldn't. Yeah, sometimes these people get a lot of flack. I mean, from the scene, the people talk a lot of crap about some of these people, but you know, they're the ones out there getting the bands to play and getting our music out there more and I, and I really appreciate that but as I say I need, they need a little bit more honesty within the scene so that's what I'm trying to bring is a little more honesty integrity truth you yeah. know I'm not gonna if I don't like the band I don't like the band you know I just that that's my thing you know if I didn't have fun at the music festival I'm gonna tell you about it and I'm gonna tell you why and I'm gonna give you critiques and I'm gonna suggestions you know tell you you know exactly here's what you could do to change it you know but this i'm also going to always going to give positive remarks you know because that's that's part of criticism is is also it's giving positive 
constructive criticism. But yeah, so I, I've been doing this thing. I met the string cheese incident. I got to hang out with the street string cheese incident. One of the, I mean, they're, you know, top four jam bands out there right now. Wow. Awesome guys. So, so amazing uh, to meet them and hang out with them. They played uh, a song just for me. Uh, it was a hobo song and it was just me and them in one room together. And they, they said, well, Bill Nursery was like, well, hey, little uh, uh, buddy, uh, Hey there, fella. What song would you like to hear us play? <laughs> hey, Billy. You know, uh, anything. You know, just I just want to sit like a fly in the corner over here. You know, but I couldn't. I almost wanted to grab Michael Kang's guitar and start playing with him, but I res- had to respect it. And it was just, it was such a cool. I had been doing music journalism for maybe three months, and to have that experience was like mind blowing. Like I got to got, got to keep doing this, and I've got to keep writing, and and. Uh, so I've been to I went to the 420 festival this past like last month in um, Atlanta and got to see Panic and got to that and doing the whole media pass thing has really changed the act has changed the way I'm uh, going to see concerts and and it's just been really it's been really a great experience and uh, there's a lot of new bands on the scene right now there's so many bands that are coming out that are going to continue this this Grateful Dead tradition it, it really is a tradition now and the jam bands that are out there i want to try to make sure that they stay pure and they know where they're coming from and they know where the roots are at because I, I see a lot of the edm stuff and i'm not really fond of it um i'd like to see more jazz funk stuff like that yeah no i agree you know i'm gonna I'm going to give a little shout out to a band out here in massachusetts that i have become friends with um i saw them before the Grateful Dead night at the Fenway, um, August 1st. And these guys are so cool. They are uh, they're doing a Jerry Jam up in New Hampshire in July. Um, they were just invited to that. And these guys are just the coolest cats out there. And um, Brother Crafty, who does a lot of artwork, I'm sure you've seen some of his stuff, he made a, uh, a sealer face for them. And uh, But they do some original stuff. It's more Jerry Garcia band, like more of that bluegrass, you know, roots. Uh-huh. And... Uh, these guys just, you know, through Leo, who was on the podcast earlier, who works with them, and just who they are, like their level of like appreciation and, and consciousness and, you know, right. like just so stoked to be doing what they're doing. And they're really talented. So, I mean, I hear you, you know, I mean, I think it's just finding those people. What's that the band really name? Pe- their name, August 1st. So, August hey, guys. 1st. Right. August 1st. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, I, there's you know, all these on- new bands out there. That are just, I mean, it also comes from, from Fish and Widespread Panic and String Cheese Incident, these second generations. And now it's become like a third generation of, of musicians out there, like Dopapod, I mean, Big Something. You know, there's there's Railroad Earth doing their thing. I mean, there's all these, these Railroad Earth's not a younger band, but there's a lot of younger bands out there that are really, are really trying to, to, do, to do what the Grateful Dead have done and, and looking at that experience, you know. Well, I mean, I think it's everything. I mean, I think the wheel has to keep on turning. And, uh, and yeah, I think that the, the influence, you know, the rock and roll and is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a 20th century uh, creation, you know, with Elvis and Onward and Chuck Berry. And, you know, all In the 1960s, that. that whole revolution, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I mean, there's never going to be anything like that again. It's but just it's fascinating to me, the 1960s. Yeah. 
And it's only 50 years ago, though. So, I mean, it's all relative to time, you know. And I have talked about right. this on this podcast before, things like classical music and jazz music. They just have so much more um, history. So I think we're at a really exciting time right now where, you know, these songbooks are being played. These 21st century bands are coming out of something that, you know, really is fairly new in the grand scheme of, of music, you know. So right. I think, yeah, I think we're going to just see. And it's going to continue forever. I think, yeah, I think that the... The jam scene is only going to grow, and and who's going to be like my thing is like who's going to be the next big one, you know? Who's going to be the next arena jam band, you know? Dead and Company are doing their thing, you know. As you know, I'm not really into all that, but that's the next that they're doing an arena style jam, and people are doing it. So so we can look at maybe Why look not? at that model and say and say who's going to be next? Who's going to be the next? You know? Um, I've done a review of Twiddle. A lot of people are saying they're next. I don't think so myself but you can check out my review but like uh it's just there's a lot of hate there's a lot of also hate and there's a lot of good stuff too but there's there's a lot of people talking crap about the new up-and-coming bands and i don't want to talk smack on these people i want to give an honest criticism of the new bands and and maybe help mold the, the whole scene together and and make it and make it more conscious you know Absolutely. Oh, you you know, once in a while you can show them the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Back to the There's lyrical no lyrics for everything. <laughs> There's a lyric for everything. The right lyric at the right time for everything. Well, so oh. I think this conversation has very organically brought itself to our last song. So, you know, Absolutely. This is, today is... What is today? Today is May 21st. So we just lost a you know a a real integral part of the uh grandfather of the jam band scene so tell 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 all of the listeners about our last pick yeah if you're not familiar um unfortunately colonel bruce uh hampton he was a actually so the the first thing i can say about him is there's a zappa connection uh he actually worked with zappa um on his first um album and and he was signed to his label so there's that a connection. He said that he learned a lot of the spiritualism of music from them. And he also took from the Grateful Dead, the Almond Brothers, but uh he was the patriarch of this jam community that we see today. Um he is connected to every jam band, every jam artist out there. And when we're talking about jam bands, I just want to say this real quick. Um jam bands hasn't become the term jam band hasn't become a real genre yet a lot of people don't like that term a lot of the musicians don't like to be put in the genre like that but i only think that's because jam band hasn't really been defined like it's not a bad thing to say you're a jam band um because jam you band encapsulates. it's a really hard thing i think there's pillar there's four pillars of jam band it's, it's all about improvisation being able to do a cover but change the way you do it and make it your own. Lyrical abilities. You have to have lyrical abilities. These bands that don't have any lyrics, unfortunately, can't be maybe considered a jam band. Maybe they're like instrumental jam or something. Um, but you have to have really good you have to have good lyrics and singers. And then I think you have to have that jazz standard background. You have to have be able to play to the jazz standards, which is like the highest level of playing and i think that we see high jam is the highest point that that we're, we're seeing fish we're seeing widespread panic we're seeing bands we're seeing jimmy herring up there you know with high jam players that are just beyond the level of just a a band playing 
improvisationally out at like a bar or something, you know, this is high level improvisation. Yeah, no, and, I totally, no, I think that makes and, a lot and, of sense. And Bruce, and Bruce Hornsby has honed these, I'm not Bruce, uh, like Bruce it. Hampton has, sorry, Bruce <laughs> Hampton has, uh, <laughs> well, I love Bruce Hornsby too. Uh, Bruce no, Hampton Bruce has, uh, Bruce Hampton has really just, find that jam he brought all these people together during the horde tour and i mean you see all these people together and um he had a 70th birthday this past year and or like i guess it was a couple weeks ago yeah. and then uh he had a 70th 70th birthday he had all these musicians on the stage i'm um, jimmy herring warren haynes you got john popper from blues travelers and you've got the all kinds of drummers i mean and it's and Bruce is doing his thing, singing Love Light on stage, and he kind of passes over to this young kid who I'd like to shout out, Brandon. I can't say your last name, but it's like Taz, Brandon Taz. They call him Taz. And he is a 13-year-old guitar player, and Bruce kind of, the colonel kind of passes it over to him and then does this thing like he's fainting, like he used to do on stage, and actually passes away on stage on his 70th birthday, surrounded by all these musicians and, and the music that he helped create. I can't think of a better way to go out um, no, ever. I mean, it's really <laughs> unbelievable. I know. I mean, it's been, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I see it two ways. I mean, it is the most unbelievable thing for him. But then, I mean, just I'm thinking about all the people that are there, too. You know, right. like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, wow. I mean, to, like, be there honoring, you know, this 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 icon and be part of a celebration and then to witness him dying all at the same time. I mean, that's that's a pretty heavy ticket. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's like I said, it's, he's, he is just important to the jam scene now as the Grateful Dead is. Um, he if it, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and the Grateful Dead, because. There are so many, he has influenced so many people and, you know, he sings, of course, he sings the great renditions of Grateful Dead songs and, and Grateful Dead always did covers too and Love Lights a cover, you know, and the, of the, the Grateful Dead made their own, you know, you can't think of anybody else singing Love Light, really. I mean, when I think of Love right. Light, I think of the Grateful Dead, but, but they didn't you know, write it, just, it. Exactly. It just shows the, the influence that the, even the dead have brought into the community and it just keeps going. It's just, it's a never ending cycle of music and I, I'm on it. I'm on the, I'm on the bus. And I'm You're on the on bus. The... You're on the seed. You're ready to yeah, go. I'm on the bus. No, I... Yeah. I too. Well, let's, let's <laughs> hear it. So we are, yeah, of course I am. It's right here on the podcast. Yes. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's go and play it. So we're going to play this love light and then, uh, and then we're going to come back and say goodbye. So, um, uh-huh. Let's uh, let's enjoy it. And then enjoy everyone.
back from listening to Love Light and, uh, you know, wrapping it up, man. Thank you so much. This has been so much no fun. No problem. Oh, no, I know. It's uh, so much more to talk about. Like, there's, there's, there's always more, and there's always more coming, you know. Like, I'm going to always be locking. I'm going to be doing Rooster Walk. I'm going to be doing uh, whatever festivals and shows people want me to come do, and I'm going to do them. Fantastic. And so, you know, you and I follow each other, for, but for anybody who is uh, tuning in, you know, where, where, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Jam Band Purist. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. LinkedIn. And, uh, you can check out a lot of my articles on LinkedIn, and you can check out my articles on uh, Grateful Music. Um, yeah. And that's going to be a lot more coming, I, I promise that. Uh, well, I love what I've read, and uh, and and yeah, I'm excited to hopefully meet you one day. Hopefully at Lock In, you know, I uh, oh, hopefully you yeah, get down there or, down. or fish. Yeah, or fish. No, yeah, one or the other. I've never been to Virginia before. No, I've I oh, have really? been to Virginia. No, I have been to Virginia, but but there's once a big years ago Grateful Dead community in Virginia. We have the home of the mothership of Hampton Coliseum. I mean, this. It's, they came to Hampton so many times. It's the mothership. I mean, there are a no. lot. Of, I will shout out to all the Grateful Dead Virginia fans out there. I have to say, when I look at the statistics on the podcast, it's um, I want to say it's New York, California, and Virginia is like three or four. Like I don't know if it's Massachusetts yep. and Virginia yep. or Virginia, Massachusetts, and I, and that is, you know, really saying a lot for somebody who has never lived in Virginia, never spent time in Virginia, is not <laughs> from Virginia. You it just know, like, so it shows it how big the, the influence of the Grateful Dead is. It, it shows yeah. how big the influence of them is. They can hit southern states, they can hit the northern, they can hit the west, and it, it touches everybody. It touches America. It touches the world. I mean, imagine going to Egypt, you know, with, oh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. Well, you, we need another podcast to touch on Egypt, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we could do a whole one. <laughs> well, so this is not goodbye. This is uh, this is until, in, until we meet in person. So, I mean, thank you so much. Yeah, for, see you uh, soon. No, no problem. Okay. And check out well, the new everyone. bands. Check out the new bands. Everybody go out there and support your jam community and support these new artists that are up and coming. You know, that they can only get as big as you let them. Amen. Peace. Yeah. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.